In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Letbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 148th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this one, A Season on the Brink. Give a hat tip to the fine sports writer, John Feinstein, who, you know, used that title for his book about following around Bobby Knight for the year. And, uh, you know, one of the best sellers, one of the great basketball books of our time. But for us here, a season on the brink, the Falcon season, they are one and three after dropping the game on Sunday, 24 to 10 against the Tennessee Titans. It was not a very pretty sight. They fell behind again, came out, exchange of punts. Tennessee scored on an explosive play. Falcons came back at it and scored, tied it up. And then, uh, things went sideways for them. They, uh, you know, couldn't do it. Uh, uh, got a 14 to seven. Then, uh, you know, tried to go forward on a fourth and one. Tried to run a power play. Got stuff. Why they were running that Jarrell Casey makes no sense to me, but that's what they did. And, uh, Tennessee went on down and scored, made it 21 to seven. And, uh, uh, you know, they got the field goal in there, then just 24 to, 24 to 7, and then the route was, uh, you know, that was it. The Falcons couldn't mount anything. Just a really tough, tough game for the Falcons. Now we got some tough questions on this podcast here, season on the brink. Outplay kept coming up. Uh, on Twitter, on my Twitter GMs saying they got outcoached. Okay, and then the players are like, hey, we don't have a home field advantage. The place is dead. Uh, And then we'll look at some stats, and then we'll move on to Houston. It's going to... now, let's go ahead and get to some of the interviews. I thought Desmond Trufant was a stand-up guy in the locker room after the game. Gave up two of the – he was in coverage on two of the touchdown uh, plays. Admitted to that he uh, had a bad day at the office. While a lot of people were leaders on the team, you know, who are the leaders on the defense? Uh, you know, Grady stood up and talked Trufant. Uh, Devondre Campbell has 17 tackles, but where's Deion Jones? And uh, Ricardo usually stands up and, and uh, answers, but I don't think they had any answers, so that's probably why some people didn't want to talk. But here is uh, Desmond Trufant. We're going to hear from him, give you some Alex Mack, and a little Matt Ryan here uh, today on the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Here is Desmond Trufant. Uh, have you all thought about the reasons for the slow starts? Um, I mean, it just uh, hasn't bounced our way. Um, I know, I, I know, definitely tonight I didn't play, you know, well at all tonight. Um, but you know, uh, all I can do is, you know, like I said, uh, watch the film. You know, the first quarter is over. Um, all I can do is, you know, just come back hard next week. Tennessee's not necessarily known as a great offense, but they 
seemed like from upstairs, it seemed like there was confusion on your side of the ball. What was going on up there that you could see that element of filming? Um, like I said, I just didn't play well tonight. Uh, playing, you know, really well up until this point. Didn't carry over today, so, um, you know, you know they, they got me. I'm in a couple plays, you know. Like I said, took it on a chance, so I just got to, uh, you know, bounce back. Quarter way through the season. What's your thoughts on this team so far? Um, you know, just think we, we definitely haven't started the way we wanted to. Um, you know, but, you know, luckily, you know, we got three quarters of football left. And, you know, there's still a lot for us to do out there. So, um, just, you know, ready to bounce back, ready to, you know, get back to work. And, uh, you know, keep pushing. Based on what you've seen, what makes you believe you're able to bounce back? I mean... It's mandatory. I mean, it's, it's, it's inside of me. It's inside of my team, my teammates. Uh, we're fighters. I mean, it don't go your way sometimes. I mean, we're frustrated. But like I said, um, you know, it's three quarters of football left. We definitely, you know, have, like you said, didn't start out how we wanted to. But uh, we're going to just fight. That's all we can do. Well, why have y'all had so much uh, tough time with the AFC teams? Um, I don't know. I mean... We don't even really look at it like that, honestly. It's just, you know, um, you know, every team, you know, got players. Every team, uh, you know, got elite players, guys that work just like us, you feel me? So we just been getting outplayed. And um, like I said, we just got to uh, keep keep fighting. That's all we can do. Desmond Trufant of the Atlanta Falcons. Key point there is they've been getting outplayed. Uh, they're taking responsibility for what they've been doing. Uh, let's hear from center Alex Mack. Left the game with a left elbow injury. Returned. Uh, basically, he was playing with one arm. We'll see how uh, serious that injury is. We know he played in the Super Bowl on a broken foot. Uh, so he's one tough hombre. But uh, are they better with a, you know, Two-handed center or, or one? Uh, let's hear from Alex Mack. Make big plays happen, and we didn't quite do that. We didn't have enough big plays early. We didn't really you know, make them hurt from when they tried to take shots. And the game kind of got lopsided, and we you know, lose our uh, ability to stay all-conventional. We just have to sit back and throw. They know we're throwing the ball, and it's tough to do it. Is that one reason the, the running game has not been
Alex Mack finishing up with the Boo Birds. Uh, AFC opponents. And just the execution. They said they uh, were trying to go deep, couldn't get it. Uh, you know, just a bad situation. They knew they had to throw deep to get the backers up off of the run game, just to give them some lanes. And then that just never worked. All they had was the underneath to the middle stuff. They funneled everything to the middle and made tackles on Muhammad Sanu and Austin Hooper, who both had nine catches. Here's quarterback Matt Ryan. Give us a reason for another slow start here, third one this season. Yeah, I thought, you know, second drive of the game was was positive for us. Um, it's not necessarily just a start. It's just sustained uh, consistency. Um, you know, we moved it pretty efficiently. The first drive was tough. Um, you know, didn't get anything going on, on the second place of that drive. The second drive, I thought we did a nice job uh, answering, scoring points, getting a touchdown. But we've got to be able to build on that and sustain it uh, as we continue to move forward. Today just wasn't good enough. Uh, collectively across the board. Getting the running game going early, but what was the problem there? Uh, we've got to take a look at it. You know, it's... I, I can't give you a, a good answer on that, you know, without having watched, you know, what we did, but um, usually it comes down to all 11 of us executing and finishing our plays and, and winning our one-on-one matchups. And, um, you know, I've played football for a long time from, you know, Basically, the time I started playing to right now, it's about winning your one-on-one matchups. And, you know, across the board, we haven't done a good enough job of that. Matt, back here. Um, what do you like about this team a quarter away into the season? Well, I don't like our execution, uh, that's for sure. But I, I do like the way uh, we play hard and, and tough and physical and there's no quit. And, you know, those are our qualities that if we can tighten things up and, and get things corrected and be better, uh, with our technique, those are the things that are going to help you win games. Uh, I do not feel like there has been any of that uh, in this group. There's been a lot of fight, a lot of battle. Uh, so that's one of the positives I think you take away from the first four games. But listen, we're a quarter way through this, you know, through, through this season, and uh, we have not played up to our standard for sure. And so you know, it's a, it's about the men in our building finding a way to you know to make sure our performances are better as we move forward. Matthew, uh, I don't know, look back in the game, how uh, how crucial were the, the, I guess, not converting on fourth down, uh, and specifically the first first one there on the run? Yeah. What was the thought there? Short yarded situation, and it, it's trying to, you know, get some push, and, and we had a power play on where we pull one of our guards and, you know, try and run behind the pulling guard. Um, yeah, that's what it comes down to in this league, in those situations. When they know you're going to run the football and, and you decide to run it, you got to get it done. And we didn't do it there. Uh, we had another fourth down situation, um, you know, where we had pass play called and, you know, we didn't execute there either. Uh, so I, I think you're right. I think there is movement. You know, the ball is going up and down the field. But when we have those opportunities to finish drives, uh, to punch that ball into this, you know, end zone or to keep drives going when Dan's aggressive with those fourth down calls, we got to make it come to life. And uh, we have not done that as, as players uh, up until this point. Matt Ryan on the uh, offense's inability to execute. Those three things, uh, you know, Matt, uh, Alex Mack, uh, Desmond Trufant was all about under the theme of being outplayed. They all focused on the players. Uh, 
a lot of attention has been focused on the coaches where they out coach uh, the slow starts or they're not prepared fourth and one power into Jarrell Casey uh, you know those are coaching decisions uh, that they didn't execute and then one of four on fourth down when you get behind you have to take some desperate measures to get back in so I'm not really mad about going for it four times it's a little bit uh, uh, aggressive but you know hey when you get down 24 to 7 you got to do what you got to do to get back in the game uh, I know the coaches have been on point with their messaging another issue is hey have they tuned them out and why uh, we'll hear a lot about that today uh, the morale of the team after a one three start uh what changes can they make they can't just circle the wagons and say hey we're just going to dig in harder and keep doing what we've been doing because uh that for a quarter of the season has not worked so you can't really throw the baby out with the bath water but um i don't know what changes you can can uh, undertake here uh, to to get this thing turned around, I don't know if they're getting beat personnel wise or they're not doing their jobs, uh, not getting fired up in pregame. But uh, everything's on the table at this point, and Coach Quinn said that himself. So let's move on to the no home field advantage. It was the it was a shocking twenty minutes before kickoff how many people were not in their seats, and then at a ten minute mark it was uh, still shocking. And then as the game started, they announced the crowd at seventy. Uh, but we uh, we know that usually uh, that's tickets distributed, and that's in the series we did stories last year when we uh, did an audit of the tickets distributed versus the turnstile count. The Falcons were usually eleven thousand over the average for the four or five games we did, including the uh, the ones at the end of the season. So this one, even if it was. Uh, you know, 11,000, that would have been at 60. I know some of the long-time people put it at 55, 57. But anyway, it wasn't no people at the game, and the people that were at the game got there late. So, uh, you know, the fans got to do their part. This is a big stadium, and folks missing makes it, you know, a very comfortable place for the visiting team. So, and uh, Alex Mack pointed out, well, hey, you know, he heard you booing, but he didn't hear you on third downs when the defense needed some help. So the fans just want to throw stuff at the team, and it looks like the players are throwing stuff back at y'all. Dan Quinn's been asking y'all to get into the stadium. Y'all, uh, you know, I, I used to tailgate with my buddies out there, and I know they do a good job. And, hey, that's fun, but about 1230, it's time to start making your way on in. And uh, uh, so third down, you need to cheer on defense. And then, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, to come in and boo uh, when you weren't there to do your job, you know, uh, that, uh, that's got, uh, you know, some people talking about that, too. Now, another thing, and uh, folks have been harping on this and mentioning this, is that, hey, the PSLs cost so much that the corporate fan is there and not the real fan because the real fan can't afford to get there. Man, I know uh, if you want to go to an event, you usually can find a way. Uh, you know, StubHub, the prices go down. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't check to see what the prices were uh, before the game today or yesterday. But uh, if you want to go to the game, there are some, uh, you know, options. I mean, they're saying tickets distributed, so it's at least ten thousand on the street somewhere that uh, you know you can access some kind of way. But uh, 
Yeah, the PSL situation's real. We've written about that. That's not my uh, area, so I kind of stay away from that. But Tim Tucker, Google Tim Tucker Falcons PSLs, and all you want to read about is how much they cost. I had one uh, person tell me, well, hey, why should I buy a PSL when I could buy a boat (laughs) and a bunch of beer for the boat? with that so uh the big ones must be pretty high and uh you know that's one other factor so we talked about outplay out coach no home field advantage making it real comfortable for the visiting team at the mercedes-benz stadium so the fans got a part in this too you know players getting the players play better Coaches coach better, fans be better fans. Get there on time and cheer on third downs. That's all they're asking for you right now. Stat corner, Devondre Campbell, 17 tackles. Uh, No uh, quarterback sacks, four quarterback hits. Uh, Julio uh, only had four for 52 and uh, career high 130 yards for, for Austin Hooper. Just some of the stats coming out of the games as we go through our stat corner. Now, fifth, our last point here, the five-point Bowtie Chronicles podcast today. Houston, Orna Houston, Deshaun Watson, they're 2-2. Two and two. They've scored 78 points. They've given up 78 points. They're right down the middle. They lost their opener 30-28 to the Saints in New Orleans. 1-2, beat the Jaguars 13-12 at home, then uh, beat the uh, Los Angeles Chargers 27-20 on the road, and then yesterday lost 16-10 to Kyle Allen and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, McCaffrey went for 93 yards on him, Deshaun was 21-33 for 160, and a 75.3 quarterback rating. And, uh, you know, it was 10-10. It was a close game. Uh, I just read the box score and saw a couple of highlights. But uh, the uh, Panthers got two fourth-quarter field goals for the winning points. So you got Houston and Bill O'Brien, former Georgia Tech uh, assistant, uh, heading up the uh, Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, they traded Jadavian Clowney. Uh, Falcons got to deal with J.J. Watt this week. And Trufant's going to have to bounce back quickly. Because DeAndre Hopkins is one heck of a player. So it's going to be a great game down in Houston. The Falcons got to get some answers here. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, I'm going to stick with the players. I I leave it on the field because I know the coaches spend hours and hours of time uh, watching film and coming up with plans and so forth. Uh, I'm in the execution camp here. I'm not in the coaches or no good camp. Uh, these are some fine coaches, and uh, uh, they need to get the players to carry out the plan. So with that, we are going to conclude the 148th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We have a season on the brink here in Atlanta after a 1-3 and three start. Which way is it going to turn? Can they get this thing flipped around? Or will it go the other way? Stay tuned as the Falcons head off to Houston and then go straight to Phoenix for their next game against Arizona. The 
the AJC's trusted veteran political voices. Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.